Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1233 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Dustin Kaufman. This is Oilers Now. And uh, guests on our show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 19990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and the uh, staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Uh, it's all going to get started next Thursday. That's when they do the physicals uh, for the Oilers rookie camp. They're on the ice Friday and then a week from uh, tomorrow. Edmonton with a one of two rookie games against the Calgary Flames rookie. So the Penticton tournament from years ago has been done. Our next guest had a very successful first season as head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, and he, in fact, will be in charge of, uh, basically in charge of the rookie camp. He is uh, back uh, from uh, Ontario, and we're going to hook up with Jay Woodcroft right now. Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, we had you on just as uh, we were doing the development camp. I think it's the last time we heard from you. Uh, How did your summer go? Summer went uh, by quickly, and uh, we had a great summer. It was a summer of change uh, for our family. Um, We moved my family down uh, to Bakersfield, but before we did that, we went back to Ontario, as we always do, and and spent some good time uh, at our cottage, uh, um, just doing summertime type of things. Uh, uh, spent a lot of time on the water, fishing and boating and tubing and that type of thing. And and uh, came back to Bakersfield uh, at the beginning of August to get our kids uh, settled into their new house and uh, getting ready for school as they start a little bit earlier down here. And um in a good spot heading into rookie camp that's for sure all right uh interesting because uh you know i i, I joke with kathy about the fact that uh, our relationship gets better during hockey season because i'm gone half the time uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did spend three years traveling with me so you can probably understand why that's the case but uh uh is it how different is it going to be having like how hard was that for you not to have your family with you last season it, it was it was difficult um you know i've always been uh somebody who was very uh close to his family unit when i grew up i was best friends with my brothers and and uh, very close to my mom and dad and then as i um got older and got married and started to have a family of my own um we're very close and spent a lot of time together and and so it was a huge adjustment for me um last year um but that said uh we made the most of the time that we did have when they came down to visit us and or to visit me and and uh had a really really um good first year hockey wise the hardest part for me was when my day was done uh you you know that i was going back to an empty empty place uh so i spent a lot of time watching a lot of nhl hockey games um but i know for me and this is just speaking for me um i'm a much happier and more productive person when my family is around me i think uh 
um, just in a way better spot. And when I know that uh, things away from the rink are taken care of and uh, in a good spot, then uh, it makes me feel uh, completely focused when I'm at the rink. And I'm thankful uh, that everybody's down here with me this year. Jay Woodcroft, head coach, Bakersfield Condors. They went 42-21-5 and five last season. Uh, made it through the second round of the uh, AHL playoffs. Uh, had some injuries uh, and lost a close series couple. Uh, one game that went into four overtimes where they got screwed on an on-call that led to a game-tying goal. Speaking of family, and not to disparage Jerry Fleming or what the staff did before, but... Um, Suffice to say, you guys created a different culture and maybe a little bit more of a family-like attitude for the Oilers' prospects down there last year? Well, I thought, I thought we had a, a great group. So first off, the players were, were fantastic. The believe-in and the buy-in was there right from day one. Um, you know, I think it's the, the job of, of a coach to create the conditions for others to perform, to, you know, to create an environment where the goal is clear. And for us, our goal last year was to win games and to develop players. Um, so that was that was part of our job, and I, I think uh, we did a, a good job as a staff to communicate that early on. We put value and import on that. Um, I thought it brought our group uh, very um, close together. And when times were tough, as they are during any regular season, you go through tough times. Um, that closeness, that connectedness uh, carried us through and eventually it led to us um, going on a long winning streak and, and making the playoffs and, and doing a little bit of damage in the playoffs. And, um, you know, I, like I said, it's a full credit to the players and the leadership in the dressing room. And uh, I couldn't be more happy with the, the support staff around the team or the coaching staff that's in place. So now we have uh, Ken Holland as a GM, and you have history with Ken as he gave you your start with the Red Wings organization uh, when you're in the embryonic stages of development as a, as a coach. Uh, Keith Kretzky is going to be running the farm team. How much conversation would you have had in terms of uh, procuring... Uh, players late June into maybe the, the second week of July as the Oilers re-signed some of their, you know, there was like a guy like Brad Malone as an example. Some people thought, well, maybe they go a little bit different route. You know, can he, uh, you know, com- contribute potentially as a gap guy at the NHL level? So were you in fairly regular conversation with those guys, and uh, were they relying on you in terms of, you know, because you you basically have a veteran line back uh, or an option for a veteran line, and I'm not going to say that Gambardell and and Malone and Curry are going to end up in the uh, in the A or or Patrick Russell for that matter, but you know what I'm saying here, Jay. Like s- sometimes those those guys need uh, uh, those type of players might need a little bit of support in terms of with a new manager, new regime coming in. So how involved were you in that process? Well, uh, involved, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's part of the job of the American Hockey League coaching staff is to to give real time. Uh, feedback and and information back uh, to the decision makers in the front office and so when uh, Ken got hired as you know he's a busy busy man he had a lot of things on his plate but we had numerous conversations about um, our team in Bakersfield um, certain the the what we felt were factors behind our our success last year um, with certain players uh, brought uh, in terms of attributes to the table, uh, who we felt um, 
had uh, a positive impact on the team and that type of thing. Um, and that was our opinion. And one thing I know about working in Detroit and working for Ken specifically is that he gathers a lot of opinions and makes tries to make the most informed decisions possible. Um, so your question about uh, communication, there was lots of communication at the end of the, our year. Um, Ken had just taken over, and obviously with Keith taking a more prominent role down here in Bakersfield, he's been in close contact with us as well. And uh, as a coaching staff, our job is to provide our uh, our opinions based on what we saw and what our experience was. And uh, the front office obviously makes the decisions from there. Jay, this is the pro transition year for uh, Evan Bouchard and for Dmitry Samarukov, who was drafted in the third round, but right now is looking like a prospect that is better than most third-round picks. Uh, you know, they're going to um, they're going to obviously get significant ice time uh, uh, with your team. Uh, there's two, I mean, if, if you take a look at the five returning defensemen, since Sekiru was bought out, but you've basically got, uh, you know, Nurse that Jim Playfair said is going to play with Adam Larson, Oscar Kleffbaum, Chris Russell, uh, Jim Sane is going to be on the left side. I would think that he would most likely play with Matt Benning. So there's five veteran D. Most teams carry seven. Uh, Joel Persons coming in, a Swedish defenseman. I don't know how much you know about him, but you know a lot about William Lagesson, Caleb Jones, you know, Ethan Bear. Uh, so maybe, you know, give us a, a bit of a scouting report. At, like, and let's start with Lagesson, because this is a guy who maybe isn't the sexiest name amongst the Oilers prospect D, but I keep hearing that there's people that think that this guy's got a chance to stick. So give us a bit of a scouting report on him. Yeah, um, I'll start out by saying what a great opportunity it is for all these young defensemen to come in, to make an impression on a new general manager, to make an impression on a new uh, coaching staff. Um, The word of the day is opportunity because there's lots of opportunity to make the team. And I'm looking forward to see how these young men uh, come in, how they translated uh, a long playoff run and, um, into a strong summer and into a strong showing here uh, in training camp. William Lagesson on our team last year uh, was rock solid. He was someone who played uh, against the toughest forward matchups that a, any other team presented. Um, he was hard. He was heavy. He has an NHL body. Um, he's very detailed in his own zone. He moved the puck well. He skated better than I thought, um, that I, than I knew. Um, and one thing that was uh, a positive or pleasant surprise from him last year was uh, the amount of offense he produced. Uh, I, w- I was joking him at the end of the year that he hadn't scored that many goals since Minor Adam. And uh, but. Uh, in terms of, of a coaching staff, we felt very good when he was on the ice. He was trusted, and uh, for his first professional uh, season last year in North America, uh, he he had an excellent uh, excellent year. And I know that he's chomping at the bit, given the opportunity in training camp here. If I recall correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, did you not play him on the right side with Sekra and? Um, I'm just wondering how 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 many other times did he end up uh, playing sort of right shot D or yeah, playing on the right side? You're, you're exactly right. Um, we had a lot of uh, left-handers uh, down here last year, so sometimes uh, some of them were forced uh, to play on their offside um, when 
Andre Sequeira got sent down for his conditioning assignment um, at the end of January, early February. We put him uh, with Bill Lagason because uh, we felt that uh, Lagason would complement him. He would help him in his transition to just getting back and playing games. Um, the American League at that time of year was really humming in terms of pace of play, and we wanted to set Reggie up for success. And the, the way we did that was by pairing him with, with Lagason. And uh, they were a force down here uh, when they were together. I know uh, in kind of debriefing Sekera, when he went back up to the Oilers, uh, he was quite impressed with with what uh, Bill brought to the table. And uh, like I said, I think he has that versatility. He can play his offside. Um, and, you know, we're going to see in training camp here, it's going to be a fierce competition. I can tell you as a, as a coach, I'm excited to watch it and see who, who claims uh, the open positions. But uh, it should be fun to watch for sure. Uh, all right. Give us uh, your perspective on Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear, who you had all last year. Yeah, they're both very good players. Caleb, um, I think a lot's been said and talked about uh, his his bounce back year, essentially. His first professional season didn't go the way uh, that he wanted to go. He was um, a minus player by a lot in terms of the conventional plus-minus statistic. Uh, and last year, uh, we played him a lot on his offside, although we played him both in both spots, but a lot of uh, his season was spent with Lagason, uh, matched up against the the best players on on uh, the other team, and uh, he he really took a step. I believe that um, his work under the tutelage of Dave Manson, who really impressed upon Caleb um, the importance of um, defending and the importance of. Um, a tally sheet, a chance tally sheet at the end of a game where, you know, you don't want to end up in the negative territory in, in terms of chances created and chances against. And uh, I think that mindset um, was bought into by Caleb. He really took off. I think, you know, his offensive side of things speaks for itself. He really transports the, the puck well. And uh, But for me, where he really took a step was in his overall game, his ability to defend hard, his net front play. And, um, you know, by the end of the year, he was, he was one of our top players for sure. And I'm excited to see what he brings into camp. I know uh, he spent a lot of time this summer working on his body and his game, and, and uh, not only on the ice but off the ice, and spent a lot of time watching video as well. That said, Ethan Bearer, uh, had a very good season as well. Um, he had parts of his game where he was really taken off, and then he had a couple uh, small injuries that interrupted his season. So it wasn't one long, continuous uh, season of growth for him. There were there were times when he had to overcome some small injuries, which he did. He was just playing his best hockey by the end of the year. Um, and really contributing to the offense. We saw his shot get through more by the end of the year. And uh, he's another guy that, that has invested in himself. I know he spent his summer in Edmonton. He's working uh, to give himself every chance that he can to make a good impression on the new staff, and he's going to be in the mix as well. I think um, with the three that you mentioned, with Sam Rukoff, 
with um, Bouchard. Bouchard coming into the organization in their first professional, full professional years. I think uh, the future of the, the decor in this organization is quite bright. Is it a completely different position than the one when you came in with Todd's staff in 2015, from your perspective? Uh, that's a good question. I uh, I haven't thought uh, haven't thought put much thought into that in terms of the detail of it. But I I think there the good news is right now is that we've started to build some depth yeah. at all three positions. Uh, you look at the goaltending position. Um, we're you know with with uh, the two up top, and then you have Starrett, Wells, Skinner, and Rodrigue, uh, as well as the young Russian they drafted this year. That's depth. Uh, when you start having um, the the D-men that were talked about here uh, in our conversation come into the organization, that's depth. When you start seeing the production of some of these young forwards that uh, that came through Bakersfield last year and some of the ones that are going to get introduced to our team uh, this year as well, that's depth. And I think that, that bodes well for the organization because then you start getting a push from underneath. And... Um, you know, uh, there's a lot to be excited about. All right, uh, let's switch focus. You talked a bit about Bear making the commitment, coming to Edmonton training here. Uh, to me, Tyler Benson doesn't even look like the same guy from two years ago. Of course, he had sort of those core issues. He had some cysts uh, in difficult places that was affecting, you know, he had to get some surgeries done. He's had two full off-seasons training. Uh, frankly, were you a little surprised, Jay, how good he was at the AHL level last year? Well, I... I had been around Tyler and seen him at development camps, but not as a full participant. But you could see, when you talked to him, you could see the spark um, behind his eyes. You could see a level of understanding. You didn't have to carry him to comprehension on any type of concept. He, he knew what was going on. Uh, he's a student of the game. The biggest thing for him was exactly what you just said. He, he got healthy. And when he got healthy, he could put the work required in to earn the right to feel confident. And when he earned the right to feel confident, then his skills just came out. Um, for us, we, we tried to approach him with an attitude uh, to, to maintain his health, number one. The second thing is we wanted to encourage his creativity and not stifle it. Uh, we wanted him to play the entire 200 feet of the rink. There were times, you know, when we're looking at his numbers from last year, they're excellent. But there were times, there was a time in uh, December uh, through the early part of January where he had struggled, and he had to learn how to come through that adversity. And then all of a sudden, when he learned that, the team took off. We went on a, a huge streak, and he was a big part of that. I believe their line with him, Rody and, and Curry were the hottest line in the league at that time, and they were a huge part of our team's success. But what I really liked about it was the fact that it wasn't nothing was given to him. He earned everything that he got. He struggled at times in a man's league, and he figured out how to come through that. And I think that experience is invaluable. I think he's going to come into camp uh, with another full summer of training and, and skating um, ready to go. And I'm excited to see what he brings as well. I know it's going to be competitive up front as well. Yeah, I think he's going to push hard. i got to ask you this. Do we know what we have yet with Kyler Yamamoto? Well, uh, I think uh, we're scratching the surface on Kyler. The great thing for him is that he's come into training the last two training camps and performed so well that he's made 
uh, the big club. Uh, I think it was important for him to get healthy at the end of our year, which he did. He took care of it. He's had a good summer of training, and he's coming in to make another uh, impression on a new coaching staff. And so, um, you know, when he was in our lineup last year, I think he's intelligent. He anticipates well. Uh, we scratched the surface of his offense. I think there's a lot more offense there. I think he has a competitive nature, and um, like he's another one of these guys that I think is going to be in the mix. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we haven't even talked to you. I mean, you got a lot of veterans that are, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't ever want to be dismissive of a Gambardella or a Russell who might be able to push, uh, you know, maybe in support roles on the team. But uh, it's got to be reassuring to know that, you, you know, you're going to have some – there's one more guy, a younger guy, I wanted to ask you about, and I don't think he's, you know what, he had an unbelievable camp last year, and that's Ryan McLeod. As much as I want, you know, don't want to disrespect the vets that are back with the organization, to me, he's he's a really intriguing prospect because of the physical tools. Well, you look at you look at what he brings to the table. He is a very specific ingredient in that. He has a dimension, and his dimension is his ability to skate. He's a big man who can fly up and down the rink. He plays the middle. What what I didn't know about him, and, and I got to know him through rookie camp last year and through the first part of main camp, what I didn't know about him and I didn't learn until he came into our, our playoff um, round against in the second round of the American Hockey League playoffs against San Diego, a very tough team. Um, I didn't know how uh, what a student of the game he was. I thought he was intelligent. He could apply concepts. He There was no um, getting to uh, dip his toe in the water, so to speak, in, in an intense playoff round. He jumped right in. He didn't worry. He didn't defer to anybody. He just went and played his game, and I thought he acquitted himself uh, very well. He's a big body that can skate. Um, he's really good in the face-off circle. And, uh, you know, I think uh, he's coming to camp with the attitude to make the Oilers and, and make some noise and leave an impression. And, what did it, like I said, I keep saying this, but what an exciting time um, for our organization and for our fan base uh, to see how these battles, these training camp battles play out because I think when there is that type of uh, realistic competition, it brings the best out in everybody. Well, Jay, we'll leave you with this. Uh, we had Corey Promen on the show on Wednesday. Oilers ranked ninth, ninth best uh, farm system in the National Hockey League. And, you know, I, I'm going to year 12, and for 10 of those 12 years, I would say the Oilers would not have been top 10 at any point. Uh, now it's a little bit... You know, because of how good McDavid and Drysettle were, and those guys were on NHL teams, it was a, a little bit different. But there's actual real depth now, and uh, I know a lot of fans are really hoping to see some continued success for you down in Bakersfield. And we will have you on once a week with an update. So thank you for giving us some perspective as we head into rookie camp. My pleasure, Bob. Look forward to seeing you next week. All right, that is Jay Woodcroft. He is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.57, two spots left. That's right, two spots left for New York City this October. With New West Travel, you'll see the Oilers play the Devils and the Rangers, plus an opportunity to see the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets. This New York package includes four nights at the Westin Hotel. We're going to have a welcome reception with yours truly in New York City. 
uh, with uh, special guests. We've had some great ones over the years, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For the Oilers now an NFL tour, call New West Travel 780-432-7446 and go online at newwesttravel.com. All right. You could be uh, texting us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Uh, Jared says, Bob, we could end up with four Swedes in the top 7D. Well, so he's, you know what, Jared, you're bang on. Because Joel Person and William Lagason both could make the team. And Larson's going to be here, and so is Clefbaum. So we could have four in the top seven. Another text out of Lethbridge, Alberta, Bob. I could see McLeod being our next Nuge in two or three years. Well, I think that uh, McLeod is a third liner to start. Uh, I think he's going to need a full year in the A. But by 2021, I think that he's going to be forcing his way in a mix. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. Back with Brad Whisker and Brendan Ulrich on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.